Welcome to Marvelicious Toys. Hosted by Justin and his amazing friends, Arnie and Marjorie. We bring you news and reviews of Marvel toys, statues, and more. Because not all Marvel collections can be bagged and boarded. They're not just toys, they're Marvelicious. Welcome to issue 79 of Marvelicious Toys. I'm Marjorie. I'm Arnie. And I'm Justin. And we are back from C2E2. It was last weekend and amazing. It was Wizard World killer. This convention has in four years surpassed Wizard World in Chicago, I think. Yeah, I got to say I'm a little jealous. It sounds like each and every year it's getting better and better and I'm missing out more and more. Well, they've announced the dates for next year, Justin. Same weekend. I think we're going to have to make it happen next year. It's so close. It is so close. Yeah, I have to say, though, honestly, if you can only go to one con of a year, it's San Diego Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. If you only go to two, C2E2 is now my number two. And I think it's becoming a destination convention, sort of like New York Comic-Con, which Pop also runs. Well, we recorded a segment while we were there with Chris and Sarah, a couple of our friends. Chris is also a pretty big Marvel collector. We recorded on the floor. They have a great restaurant on top where you can get all kinds of great food. So we got to watch all the happenings and talk about the show. And we are here at the floor of C2E2 2013 in Chicago, Illinois. And joining us is Chris and Sarah. Hi, how are you doing, everyone? Hello. And to start off, I want to give some props to Reed Pop, organizers of C2E2. This is our third year at C2E2, fourth year in the Windy City. They moved to a different tower of the McCormick Center. Well, yeah, I think it's roughly about the same size, but they're using the entire hall here versus before they were using about two-thirds. And what's really nice is Autograph Area and Artist Alley are taking up one-third of the whole area, which is amazing and there's so many artists here it's great and the, the aisles are wider and you can move around better it's really good layout yeah the floor layout this year compared to last year is a lot easier to navigate and get around it's a lot easier to find where you're going a little bit crowded on saturday but that's to be expected yeah friday it was really empty and i don't think there's more here i think it's the same about number of vendors and autograph guests and artists and artist alley but in this new area, using more space, the aisles are so wide. And on Friday, it was luxurious. If you've seen that episode of Seinfeld where Elaine has the luxurious lanes and she's just swinging back and forth because she can, that was kind of walking down the aisles here at C2E2. But on Saturday, that space is being put to very good use as it's a very much full body contact kind of day. Almost a full contact sport. And they're doing something new this year. Obviously, in wake of the recent tragedy in Boston, there have been bomb-sniffing dogs and FBI agents all over the con both days that we've been here. And briefly on Friday, they were inspecting every bag that went into the convention, which proved to be a kind of problem efficiency-wise as the line was ginormous to get in. They have since stopped it, but there is security everywhere at this convention. And rightfully so. I know we had some family members who were a little worried about us, and I'm like, I don't really see C2E2 or even San Diego Comic-Con as a huge jihadist target. Don't let the terrorists win, Arnie. 
I refuse to. But it's definitely been a different thing with signs all over that say if you see something, say something, and having special phone lines and accounts set up for security alerts. But yeah, they were inconsistent with how they searched the bags. I know I have a seven-pouch backpack, and they looked in one that just said, do you have anything metal? I'm like, no. All right, go ahead. They asked me if I had scissors. Maybe they were doing some paper mache. Yeah, yesterday they definitely made us open our bags up all the way and show them all everything. And today they're just kind of like, eh, a brief look inside one pouch and then they let you through. So I don't know if that was in response to the bigger crowds for Saturday or if they were just a little bit more relaxed after, you know, an uneventful Friday. So, Chris, Sarah, what did you guys come here wanting to do based on what you knew coming in, what you were looking for? Uh, mostly I was looking for a couple pieces, which one was the Master Marvel Works uh, Galactus in, in the regular colors, and I was looking for a Marvel Legends Giant Man Thor. I was looking for anything fun. I was excited because there's a large artist alley here, and I love to get convention sketches. Not like you, Arnie, where you pre-order them and you have these sketches in mind. I just like to go to the people who are doing like five, ten, fifteen dollar sketches and just get fun stuff. That's just I find the cute and unusual guys. I will admit that I came here with a couple things in mind because I did start getting the sketch covers done and. I got that really cool rogue at Wizard World. And then I got thinking about it, and Kevin, one of the guys who we know collects Marvel, asked me, how do you decide who you're getting? And I hadn't really decided. And I got thinking about it. I'm like, I'm going to find artists who are known for characters and get them to do something. But I want them to maybe do something that isn't necessarily normal. And I knew Umberto Ramos, who is a big artist at Marvel, does amazing Spider-Man for a long time till it ended, and every so often on Superior Spider-Man, and Ryan Stegman, who was great on Scarlet Spider, She-Hulk's where he got his start, he's now doing Superior Spider-Man. I wanted cover sketches by those two guys, and they weren't doing before show lists, you had to get here first. We got up, got Ryan Stegman, I had him do a She-Hulk, because Spider-Man, I don't know, I figure everybody's asking for that, but he got to start with She-Hulk, so I got one of those. Ended up stealing from the man by accident. Yeah, we went late in the day to pick up your sketch, and he, Ryan wasn't there. His friend was there just handing out sketches to people who had ordered them. We got it. It was really cool, and we left for the day. And I didn't even think anything of it. Some artists were collecting money ahead of time. Some weren't. I really was not keeping track. I figured Arnie was. And it would have felt strange giving money to his friend also now that I think about it. I would have been fine with it because he was handing out the sketches. Obviously, he had access to the stuff. But truthfully, yeah. Umberto was taking the money beforehand. A lot of them were. So I was talking with Chris and Sarah. We were walking around just picking stuff up. He handed it to me and said, I hope you enjoy it. And it was a goodbye. It was not an invitation from any other interaction. So I didn't even think about it. Put it in my bag. Walked away. I get on Twitter this morning. And there's a tweet from Ryan Stegman. And I'm thinking... Is he talking about me? Because what it actually said was, Ag forgot to take payment for a sketch. I think it was the She-Hulk cover. Somebody hunt down that money for me. 
And so then people are like joining on. How low would that person be to steal from you? And other people, what kind of commission will I get? And he's offering 10% or $12. So people are like, well, I'm not going to hunt anyone down for $12. And so I'm like, dude, I respond on Twitter, I am so sorry. It was an honest mistake. And he actually, when people started, you know, jumping on this mysterious thief, he did say that he didn't think it was malicious. He says, I don't think it was on purpose. I think it was a mix-up, which it truly was. And I tweeted him. I'm like, dude, I'm going to be there as soon as the show opens. I am so sorry. <laughs> but he happily took my money, and now I no longer have stolen from the self-appointed bad boy of Marvel Comics. I guess if you don't have a system in place as to when you're collecting money, that kind of opens the door for something like that to happen. Luckily, everything works out okay in this situation. Most artists take the money ahead of time, which makes sense, because what if somebody doesn't have the money and so you do the work? I mean, admittedly, you have the work you could sell later, but you might be stuck with something that nobody else wants. I got a great Ben Riley Spider-Man from Umberto Ramos. My highlight sketch of the con, though, yes, I did pre-order. Very few people were taking commissions ahead of time, but I like to get on the list because I had to wait in line for two hours for Ramos. And I did get on Michael Dooney's list ahead of time. I asked for a Dark Phoenix. And oh my god, the detail he put into this. It was amazing. It blew me away. It does not look like what I would consider a sketch cover. It's an awesome piece. I really like the detail that's in there. Yeah, he said it was one of his favorite characters, so he always tries to put in a little extra detail with it. So anyone who's getting a Michael Dooney, ask for a Dark Phoenix. But it was incredible. So yeah, I hung out at Artist Alley a lot. Bought some Greg Horn art. He has some art that is in that new game, the War of Heroes, and the card art. He had some of that, which I'm not allowed to show pictures of, but I'm allowed to hang on my wall, fortunately. And I got Chris down that path because I bought so much. He said, not only will you get half off everything you buy all weekend, anybody you bring here will get half off. Yeah, so now, now you know, not only am I collecting Marvel toys, but now I've dipped my feet into the uh, artwork. So I picked up a couple of prints myself, and they're really, really nice. And having playing the Marvel War of Heroes game, the artwork is awesome. And some of them I was able to see were some of the cards in the game. You know, he was able to show us some of the sketches for them. So I'm really happy with these purchases. So even though I'm kind of going down a dark path here, I thank Arnie for introducing me. And Marjorie also got some stuff in Artist Alley. Yeah, I got a really cool Wolverine, kind of a cutesy Wolverine piece of art. And then I got a little itty bitty like 4 by 4 Galactus Square canvas drawing. And it's really cute. It has a quote bubble. And the girl who draws it will write whatever you want. So I had him write, ooh, Earth. Of course, these weren't my first purchases at the con. We accidentally left a bag at home with all my blank covers. That led to a mad scramble. Yeah, we had to go rebuy some of those blank covers, but luckily your wife has a big set and she got the ones you needed and you were able to get your sketches. And because of that, she was able to get you on Ryan Stegman's list because his list shut down early on Friday. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. That was very fast. Huge artist alley this year, though. I mean, just with the wider aisles and things. I'm looking at it right now. It's just an immense thing. Anyone who wants comic art, this is definitely it. I, We come to Wizard World Chicago every year. Been coming for well over a decade. 
And when it comes to art, there's no question C2E2 kicks Wizard World's ass. What I'm finding is, is that I usually focus on the toys, but the last couple of conventions, I'm starting to find myself spending more and more time in Artist Alley. Dangerous path. You start with the prints, you move on to the commissions, the next thing you know, you have no wall space. I already have no wall space. As Sarah says, where are you going to put that? The only other thing I came here intending to do was to get Ron Perlman's autograph. I was kind of hemming and hawing, but he was in Blade 2, and you like Hellboy even. So we were able to walk right up on Friday, no waiting, walk right up to the man's booth and get those autographs. It was tremendous. I expected a huge wait for that. Yeah, that was actually a nice bonus. We just kind of sailed right in, and there's one person ahead of us, and boom, it was done. I did get Hellboy signed. I know it's not Marvel, but I did get it. I love him in Hellboy. I had him signed Blade 2, but I was a little embarrassed. I mean, it's he's not huge in it. He's the one of the primary baddies, but he, it's a more minor part. It's, I don't know, I felt like he's probably more used to signing Sons of Anarchy and Hellboy. I, I didn't bring Stephen King's Desperation, which would have been worse, but... You didn't have him sign your Beauty and the Beast box set. And that's what I remember him from, the Beauty and the Beast set. Yeah. Well, Linda Hamilton's been at Wizard World a lot. You could get both, Sarah. Yeah, no thank you. I'm sure she signs more Terminator than Beauty and the Beast as well. But really, I mean, Artist Alley, we spent a lot of time there, a few hours. Ron Perlman, five minutes, although Saturday his line was huge. Just, I mean, I'm so glad we went Friday. But my big thing here was shopping. I have a lot of things on eBay save searches that I'm constantly looking for. I was really hoping to find some of those and maybe save a dollar or two or get something that's impossible to find, like a Gambit exclusive premium format or some older Bowens or some things like that. I didn't find a whole lot, though. It seemed to be a lot of common stuff, stuff that's recently released and readily available. There were a lot of vendors, but as far as the high-end collectibles go, I just didn't see anything that I felt like I had to walk away with. No, and part of the problem with the large collectibles is you got to carry it. I'm not going to lie. Buying something huge, it, you got to really think, is it a good bargain? Am I going to save on shipping? And then you got to lug it around. But we are staying at the Con Hotel with the parking garage right here. I would not have hesitated to buy something even as large as the Master Replicas Hulk and then immediately take it to the car if I was founding something I've been looking for for a long time at a price that was good. But no, I didn't buy a single statue or minibust or anything here. All I did buy was a couple of toys. Yeah, I didn't get anything high-end either, but I did find, as I said earlier, I was looking for the Giant Man Thor series, and then I was looking for the Galactus, and I got both of them, and I bought them both for reasonable prices. I also picked up the X-Men 3-pack that just came out for $29, so maybe a few dollars more than I would have paid at retail, but by the time you factor in gas and, and looking around for it, I snatched it up, and uh, everyone else had it for 40 that's a great price. I paid more than that. So the fact that you don't have to ship it, you got it in great shape, you could tell that long shot had both hands. I mean, all good things there. Yes, mine. I did look, in fact, to see if it had both hands, hearing Justin's experience. How about Galactus? How'd you find him? 
Well, there was only one booth that had it here, and he had two. The first one, the box was a little beat up, and the second one, it was pristine and, and an Amazon shipper box. And so I kind of negotiated on the beat up box one, and I got it for 95. So I was I was happy with that after looking at eBay. I don't have to pay shipping on it, and it, since it's a big item, I was able to just take it right over to the hotel. You know, if we were going to a convention somewhere else, then you got to ship it here. It's nice since it's close to home. Throw it in the hotel. Throw it in the car. Done deal. Yeah, I looked around here to see if I could find some Marvel Universe figures. I found the Professor X-Wave, but the prices were pretty high on them. I didn't see anything there that was a good bargain. Yeah, I looked at that wave as well. I thought the prices were high. One of the things that I'd forgotten to mention that I was looking for is, is the paper bag Spider-Man. And I did not see one anywhere. I did talk to one vendor who said... He was going to hold it back till Saturday, but it was going to be $75, and at that price, I'm not a buyer, and uh, I haven't made it to his booth yet to see if he actually still has it or uh, had it out at all, but that was a little pricey. I think I'll play the long game on that one. I would never pay that for a new figure, because Hasbro has been shown to reship their variants. I mean, an older figure, a Vision, a Blonde Black Widow, a White Shirt Luke Cage, heartbeat. But for a figure that just didn't ship as much as it should have, that's, that's too high a price to pay. I agree. You know what? Thinking of it, too, this week Hasbro's Toyshop.com had the uh, Nick Fury on, online. And I've, I've been walking around the con and seen the Archangel and the uh, unmasked Victor Von Doom that were the uh, Marvel Unlimited Comics subscription figures. And around here, they're, they're asking outrageous prices. And they were on HasbroToyShop.com for, what, 15 bucks plus shipping? I checked on eBay, and the prices did not go down on the Archangel very much. He was still selling for 80 and up on eBay. He sold out on Hasbro Toy Shop in a few hours. But, of course, we let our Facebook and Twitter followers know immediately. And with the Doom and the Archangel, those shipped a while ago. I got mine at home. The Nick Fury, those just shipped before the con, so people wouldn't have had a chance. But the Doom, I saw that on eBay going only for around 30 to 40 which is, I mean, it's a great profit for anyone who's scalping the figures like that, but it's a lot less than you're looking at for that Archangel or something. But I'm surprised that the availability didn't make those prices plummet much further. They're still really high. I agree. And I just want to say, thanks, Cooler. Well, I may have cooled something else. I may have gotten Diamond Select to re-release a figure that has not been seen in a long, long time. Because one of the figures that I'd been wanting from the Diamond Select line from a while back was Mephisto. And they hadn't made him in quite a while. And... I lost out on an eBay bidding war probably four or five months ago to get one, and I've been looking for one ever since. It never even comes up mint in package on eBay. I barely ever see a hit on the save search, no matter the price. And so I found one here, but it was $85. And I wasn't completely opposed. It felt a little bit high to me. But I was looking around. I wanted to rationalize it. It wasn't that he may have been charging too much, but I want to feel good about my purchase. And so I'm looking around trying to find other things that I can buy and maybe use to haggle. And so even if he's really just lowering the price on a lesser in demand item, then at least I can say I didn't pay 85 for it. But he had nothing else in his booth, so I walked away. And it's one of those things. I would have been fine if I went home without him, but 
all night at the hotel, it kind of ate at me and ate at me. And so I get online to check, and there's none on eBay, of course. So I check Amazon, and the cheapest there is 120. There's a loose one on Amazon for 80. I'm like, ah, crap, now I need it. So first thing I do when I come back in today is go there. But I felt like I had to haggle. It wouldn't have been right just not to haggle at all, because that's throwing money away. But I didn't figure he'd come down too much, but I offered him 75, figuring we'd maybe meet at 80, or maybe he'd just be like, that's 120 online, give me 85 or walk. He took 75. I couldn't believe it. And I have to thank Sarah for giving me the moxie to haggle like that. I'm so proud of you. And speaking of Diamond Select, we stopped over in the Diamond Select booth and talked to Zach Oat. Got to see the new figures on display there. They had the Ghost Rider on display, which is being re-released, which was in that same booth for $70. So I'm like, I'm glad I know Diamond's re-releasing that one, or otherwise I might have had an item that I would have bartered with the first day and ended up spending 150 and then I would have cooled Ghost Rider. But I know he's coming. Got to see the X-Men Wolverine figure from this summer's movie. That thing has an amazing head sculpt on it. It is just spectacular. It is literally like Hugh Jackman topless that you can put on your shelf. I wonder if he likes pancakes. That is a really good head sculpt. I mean, it is a topless Hugh Jackman figure. I feel like this is a Marvel Select aimed more at Marjorie and Sarah than at me. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Oh, definitely. So that means if you buy it for her, it's okay. Oh, that's okay. It looks just like him. It's amazing, the detail. Yeah, Zach said he thinks that's one of the best sculpts that they've ever done in their Diamond Select line, and I'm not going to disagree with them. I think it looks really good. They had the Iron Man 3 figures out on display, looking very nice there as well in the Legends line. I cannot wait for those to start hitting retail. He also gave us a great look at their Minimates Hulk Through the Ages box set. I don't know if you collect any Minimates. I do not, but I have seen that one. This one is so cool with all the accessories it comes with. The kicking part is the Maestro Hulk, which is, you know, one of my favorite stories anyways by Peter David. The Maestro Hulk comes with all these accessories of the Avengers because in the future in the Maestro Hulk, he's defeated the Avengers. And so he's got Cap Shield and Mjolnir and Iron Man's mask, and they're all removable little accessories that come out of this base where he's got them mounted as a trophy. Yeah, and I don't do that line, but seeing that, that looks like it might, it might, it might be something I have to pick up. It's tempting. And there's this really cool Joe Fix-It that has the hat, and I did like that Zach tweeted for Diamond that it's the Chicago way, because you got this mobster Hulk and going back to the Untouchables, and then of course we get Marjorie's Hula Hulk in this through the ages. It looks like he's going to find the Tiki Idol with the Brady Bunch. And. People who collect the Hasbro figures know this as the former Hasbro Comic-Con exclusive. Now Minimates is getting a compound Hulk as well. And I've said it on the show before, seeing it in person, Diamond did it better than Hasbro because they didn't just take a figure and repaint it. The two sides of compound Hulk have different hair, and it's really a lot more like the cover. They have different legs, too. Oh, yeah, that's true. Totally different sculpted legs. Yeah, I did. I passed on the Compound Hulk from Hasbro, but this one looks really good. It looks like maybe is his arms a little different too. 
Yeah, it looks the, the from I can't remember I wasn't paying attention to the arms, but in the pictures he let us take, it looks really nice. They've got a lot of great mini mates coming out. He also showed us the heavy shield trooper coming out as part of series 51, and he's got a jet pack that goes on his back and a ton of different accessories just loaded up and we got some of the first pictures ever of the shield agent Steve Rogers mini mate coming out with his shield and in the full shield uniform very cool stuff from them and plus they had their bottle openers out there most of the stuff they had out we saw at Toy Fair these mini mates and the final paint job on that Wolverine were the items that were brand new we're getting a venom bottle opener which is very cool and a Deadpool bottle opener. Justin, back in the studio, I'm sure, will be knocking back several with Deadpool. Yeah, that looks pretty cool. I, uh, I've been tempted to pick up the Mjolnir one, which they had down there as well. But I'm like, how many uh, bottles do I need to open? My personal favorite is probably Galactus with Ghost Rider coming in at number two, just because I think they worked so well as bottle openers. But coming out soon, the Infinity Gauntlet, I love it just because it's gold and it's bejeweled and it doesn't look like all the others. It really stands out from, I guess, my bottle opener collection. Yeah, I mean, the detail on that is really good. It, you know, it, it looks like, you said, they're actual jewels. It's not just painted on there like the Hasbro ones that we've gotten. And I think it's relevant because... Uh, if I had to wager a guess, it's probably going to play a part in the Avengers movie that's going to come out in a couple years. Who knows who's going to play a part in that Avengers movie? <laughs> we also stopped by Kotobukiya's booth. Now, they didn't have much out on display. We got to see the Venom fine art statue, Venom Unbound. Looks very, very cool. But what was really important is I got some news out of them about upcoming things. First of all, at San Diego Comic-Con, we're going to be seeing the Kotobukiya Artifex Plus statues in the Marvel line. Now, I know, Chris, you also are kind of into DC a little bit. Have you seen the Kotobukiya Artifacts Plus where they're the about eight-inch statues with the really metallic paint? Yeah, I've been tempted on the Green Lantern because I'm a, I'm a big Green Lantern fan, but I haven't gone down that road yet. But if, if Koto does some Marvel stuff and that scale, I'll definitely be in on it. The scale is so great because it's around the same size as a Marvel Select figure, so it's really shelf-friendly. You don't need huge shelves for it. It's really price-affordable in the $50 to $60 range, which is great. And I love the metallic paint they used on the DC stuff. Just, I'm not a DC guy, but that Superman is astounding. As soon as they showed that Superman, I'm like, you got to do this for Marvel. And now they are. They're going to have those ready to show by Comic-Con, which is just amazing. Yeah, Koto's quickly becoming one of my favorite uh, favorite vendors. I mean, their stuff is just amazing. The detail they put in and the paint job on it is excellent. So if you're looking for something that's not quite super expensive but still high-end, that's the route to go. And what I told Dan at Kotobukiya, I was talking to him when I was there, and I said, I like this for two reasons, Dan. First of all, I think what you do with the DC line is just so cool. I think it's great. Second, they're almost the exact same scale as your Bishoujo's. And then I can kind of break up the Bishoujo collection a little bit because as it is, you get all those Bishoujo's together. Well, the I told him the realtor told me those had to go before I started doing any house showings. It's not that I don't see them as anything much, but you get a collection of Bishoujo's. And I think having a Captain America to break it up. I could see how the real estate agent might be like, yeah, those need to kind of go somewhere out of sight. She wasn't that nice about it. She walked into that room and she goes, 
those need to go. But, I mean, even you've said those Bishojos, they're not, you know, terrible. They're really well sculpted, like you said, good artwork. But I like having something to kind of break it up for a display because they're in a scale that I have nothing else in. Nothing else looks right. So this was a good way to kind of have something to go with them. Can't wait for that. And speaking of Bishojos, he said he couldn't tell me any characters, but... The Marvel Bishojo line had kind of died down for a while. The only one that they've announced in a long time was Kitty Pride, which was way back at last New York Comic Con. He said later this year they're going to have a lot more Bishojo news, a lot of new characters, fan requested characters going to be coming to the Marvel Bishojo line. So a lot of very, very cool stuff coming from Kodo. Can't wait to see some of that at Comic Con. So, Arnie, other than Mephisto, what's your favorite uh, purchase this trip? Probably the Michael Dooney sketch cover. I've got to say, as far as Marvel goes, the Michael Dooney sketch cover is the thing that I'm walking away the happiest with. I could definitely see that. That is a great representation of the character. For Michael Dooney to spend the time and do an entire background, I mean, this thing is more than a sketch cover. This thing is incredible. It is something to put front and center, and it just it puts the others to shame. And I realized he had a little bit more time, maybe. Maybe he was doing it before he came to the con because I had ordered it just a few days before. But And maybe it's because it was his favorite character. But just that was my favorite purchase as far as Marvel goes. What about yours? I don't know. I was, like I said, very happy to find what I found. I was very excited about both the Thor and the Galactus, but if I'm being completely honest, getting some of the Greg Horn artwork that I'm going to be able to frame and put up that just kind of captures some of my favorite characters, I think that that's, I'm walking away with that most excited because I have uh, some really cool stuff that I obviously can't show pictures of, but it's just, it's really knocks it out of the park for me to capture what Marvel's all about. But I think it's time to wrap up the show. But honestly, C2E2 is the convention for me in Chicago now. I will always be here on Friday because I was able to do so much of the floor. And if I wasn't waiting in line for two hours, plus doing a couple interviews and other things, I could have done so much more. Saturday is still a great time if that's the only day you can come. I just think Friday was a really the best way to experience this and the way it keeps growing I'm looking very much forward to next year I agree uh, Friday just was so much easier to navigate and, and kind of look around I think if you're looking for cosplay you might see a little bit more on Saturday but you know this was our first year doing Friday and I think that going forward we will as far as you know Wizard which is the other Chicago convention that for me is still just a one day Saturday this really is kind of outshining that convention all right, well, Chris, Sarah, thank you for joining us, and we will take it back to the studio. Well, yeah, now I know I definitely missed out. This year, they had it going on. They worked out all their kinks. They got a bigger haul. It seemed to work really well. I can't think of a single hitch at all. Can you? No, it was a really good time, and the only hitch they had is that there were no huge stars. And, all right, Ron Perlman is huge, but I'm not talking about stature. I'm talking about there was no Val Kilmer this year. There was no John Cusack this year. I think, honestly, the biggest star power, to me at least, was Ron Perlman. Maybe there was somebody from something else. Well, Arnie, I don't know if you noticed, but apparently this Power Ranger thing, this guy was super popular because he had the longest line every day yeah the white ranger formerly the green ranger i don't even know who that is i don't either <laughs> he switched apparently now burt ward was there i mean yeah 
Adam West canceled, Bruce Boxleiter. Yeah, these are the biggest names at the convention. So I'd say Ron Perlman's a pretty decent get. Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, it's a big show. Yeah. Yeah, but he's no Sven Gulli. <laughs> I love Sven Gulli. <laughs> and obviously no Val Kilmer either. <laughs> <laughs> That's the bar right there. Can you clear the Val Kilmer bar? But that would be the only hitch is there was lack of huge celebrity stars to entertain. But as far as the show goes, just a lot of fun. And I don't think not having Val Kilmer heard attendance because place was packed on Saturday. Oh, my gosh. It was like San Diego Comic-Con packed on Saturday. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Kevin Smith was there doing a show. He didn't sign or anything, so I I don't... He kind of was a guest, kind of not, but no, it was really a great time. And Justin, it's always fun to hang with you, and yeah, again, number one is Comic-Con, but number two, we'd love to see in Chicago next year. Over New York, you're calling Chicago? It really is tight. I want to see what they do with Chicago this year, but... I skipped New York last year. I had some 11th hour regret about it, but I skipped because the only people I wanted to really see there were some certain vendors who were going, most of whom came to Chicago this year. Yeah, New York is the hub of publishing. You get a lot more comic creators there. I did feel that that was a little light this year. Marvel had a tiny booth. DC had no booth, and I know they'll have big ones at New York Comic Con, but... Well, New York is New York. Let's... Right there, you got that above Chicago, and I'm an Illinois girl. That said, I have to say the con experience in Chicago is preferable because you have a hotel attached that's nice. At the Javits Center, there's a hostel down the block, but if you want a good hotel, you're walking a couple long blocks and then taking a subway ride. This, you can have almost a Comic-Con-like immersion experience, whereas New York, it felt like someplace you went for a while and then left again like a movie theater. Yeah, the way they've got it set up at McCormick Place, which would one of the top three largest convention centers in the country. It's number one. Okay, it's number one. It's huge. It's multiple buildings. But you could fly into Chicago, take a shuttle or a cab to McCormick Center, to the Hyatt. You could honestly never go outside the entire weekend and still just be immersed in the convention. It's kind of great that way. Honestly, the best time we had was in the Hyatt after Saturday, after we recorded the segment, and just hanging out in the Hotel Con bar, having drinks with some friends, and seeing all the people who came in, the actor who was in Pirates of the Caribbean, and just a bunch of Not Johnny Depp. No, no. <laughs> Keith Richards? Martin Kleba. He was also in Scrubs. He's the guy who punches everyone in the balls. <laughs> I'm going next year. No two ways about it. Mark my words. I just better start marking it down now. It needs to become a yearly thing. Now, to follow up on a couple of things, we forgot to mention in the segment that we picked up something. We picked up a souvenir for you, Justin, like parents coming back uh, from a trip and bringing something for their kid who stayed home. <laughs> I got you a Funko Deadpool with glow-in-the-dark eyes. Nice. My podcast partners went to C2E2, and all I got was this stupid Deadpool. <laughs> there were two exclusives there there was the exclusive deadpool and the exclusive ghost rider whose head glows in the dark so those are kind of cool so that's what makes him exclusive is he looks just like the other deadpool but with glowing eyes yeah cool but unfortunately this led me down a dark dark path i had no idea that we were missing so many exclusive funkos oh no really no not that we're missing them but that you realize this 
there is a Hot Topic exclusive Deadpool. All right, who's taking one for the team on this? Yeah. I'm not going into Hot Topic. Well, I, I guess I need some cotton candy pink man, manic panic. I can go pick it up. <laughs> it is the X-Force colors with red eyes. Cool. All right, Marjorie, you needed some hairdo stuff, you said? Yeah, they carry manic panic. All right. And there's also a website that I hadn't heard of called Gemini Collectibles, and they get exclusives. They're getting an exclusive black and white thing. They had an exclusive black and white Captain America. Hmm. They had an exclusive glow-in-the-dark amazing Spider-Man bobblehead last year. They still have some in stock, even after I was done. So... (laughs) (laughs) And we have to keep an eye out. We missed quite a few San Diego Comic-Con Funko exclusives where they did metallic sheens to their characters. They did a metallic thing, a metallic Captain America. They did a metallic helmeted Loki that goes for over $100 on eBay. Wow. I wonder if those are available at the booth that kind of has all those weird exclusives, like usually where the Toys R Us exclusive is available. No, that Entertainment Earth was doing that, I think... That's what confused me is Entertainment Earth gets exclusive bobbleheads, but not these bobbleheads. I've never shopped at the Funko booth. I didn't know they had exclusives at the Funko booth. They do a poor job of advertising them because I constantly am looking. But I think you just have to go to the giant Frankenberry bobblehead and buy your bobbles. (laughs) I'm a little confused on this. When did we start collecting all the bobbles? I don't collect all the bobbles. I do not buy any of the regular bobbleheads. I only collect the pop vinyls. And I think the pop vinyls are a good replacement for the old regular size Mighty Mugs. That's my rationale. But they still have bobbly heads, and I don't like those. They creep me out. But they don't bobble as badly. The one really cool one they did was a flecked beast, which is a really recent one because Beast just came out. There's a flecked one, so he's a little furry. (laughs) (laughs) that velvet touch that felt touch also chris mentioned in the segment the baghead spider-man and justin i know you're still looking for baghead spider-man yeah not to the tune of hundred (laughs) dollars oh geez i think i think your advice on that is pretty sound that one i feel like still has some opportunity to ship about with you know revision cases of our regular waves coming out in the future yeah, and to let listeners in, I mean, you said $100. Chris said 75 in the segment. He went back to the booth on Sunday and asked to see it, and they had it there. And, yeah, they wanted $100 for Baghead Spider-Man. They raised the price? Yeah, they raised the price on him. It's a little disconcerting he went back for 75 but... <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I mean, that's that could be one that doesn't show up but there's no reason to overspend on it just yet because that's one that still may have some release left in it absolutely i mean look at what we've been getting lately just online we talked on our last show about how the archangel and the doom exclusive figures went up on hasbrotoyshop.com well last week nick fury joined him can't believe it i was wondering about that on the last show and there it was. And I, you know what? As of this recording, he's still up there and available. So they wow. must have found a lot of them. Yeah. Archangel sold out. Doom took a couple days. But Nick Fury and I had gone to the Marvel booths and gone, you got any Nick Furies? No, those went away a long time ago. But I actually contacted Hasbro 
and they that's not the shocking thing the shocking thing is they replied <laughs> because you can send them emails but that doesn't mean they're going to reply to the email but they actually did this time and i was asking what is going on with these and what they said was those were exclusives for the promotion and the promotion period is not done so now they have the opportunity to make these available to other collectors which is great you know, I'm glad that all of these were made available again because I never I never had a chance to get Nick Fury before because I was kind of dabbling in Marvel Universe at the very beginning. And that promotion was done and gone by the time I was all in. Yeah, I had two, but now I have two more. I was going to say, now you have more. <laughs> well, I'm kind of hoping Justin and I have been talking and Justin's going to custom me a cigar on one. Because That's Nick right. Fury needs a cigar. This figure was molded to have a cigar in his mouth. And at the last minute, Marvel told Hasbro, you can't do that. So he's got this really weird, like, post-stroke face. <laughs> I'm sorry. That just makes me think he looks like a sex doll. Like, he's just <laughs> got of. the open no, mouth. No, it's one half of the mouth is, like, droopy. Oh, Oh, he's got Bell's palsy. Yeah, that's what it's like. So I'm like, he needs a stogie. <laughs> Yeah, now that I'll have them in my hot little hand, I'll be able to make a few little cigars for us. But I did also have to ask, what about old man Logan? He's been sitting next to me every show we've recorded since I've had him, by the way. Un in package still. I'm scared to open him. And what Joe at Hasbro said is they will not be offering the old man Logan figure for sale. Did he have any more information than that? Stay tuned for news from Marvel on this figure in the coming months months i was kind of hoping that maybe you'd return home from c2e2 with some news i scoured that marvel booth they did not even have a place to sign up for subscriptions this time no. every con we go to marvel's there hawking it and i thought because they rebranded it and with the south by southwest thing that they would certainly be on that nothing you couldn't even sign up there they weren't even advertising it their booth was tiny weird but my guess is, you say coming months, this makes sense to me. The Wolverine movie is coming out this summer. It makes a whole lot of sense to tie those two together. Uh, possibly even a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. Hmm. Maybe. So we'll keep an eye out for him, that's for sure. And hopefully he won't be $60 or more. I'm liking the $14.99 on Hasbro Toy Shop. That is nice. Very, very nice. You want to talk Heimdall? Yeah. So I think I did a little bit of cooling myself because after years, I want to say maybe a year and a half of never wanting to pull the trigger on Heimdall on eBay. A couple of weeks ago, I was talking about how I finally did. I was like, oh, I found some at a good price, $40 for two of them shipped. Got them. No sooner did they show up than a week later. I'm at a Tuesday morning where for $5.99, deluxe figure Heimdall sitting right there. So I got a little bit of coolant on me, I think. <laughs> i think if you wash it with soap and water and then pat it dry it should go away i hope so maybe a little club soda yeah it'll be all right i'm hoping it's like the curse in stephen king's thinner you've eaten the pie and now the curse is yours <laughs> no 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 it's non-transferable <laughs> <laughs> that is cool i'm gonna have to hit a tuesday morning despite how our store stinks literally it smells oh it's terrible it's like salvation army Oh. Yeah, it just smells used. Mm. And mildew. <laughs> but it was also, I didn't pick it up because I had already, you know, we got it a while back. But it was the other Thor figure, the lightning strike Thor. 
that never really showed up at retail either was sitting there too. So if you need either of those, check out your Tuesday mornings. And then also, I still have my save search up for that Iron Man undercover assault and a weird hit came up. So I immediately forwarded it to you, Justin. Oh, yeah. And turned out to be a seller that I'm familiar with from the customizing boards. I don't know if he's making these himself or he got them from somebody else and is just selling them. But somebody made casts of the Tony Stark head for those of you who would like to try to paint it rather than spend the $150 for the whole pack, which for me, I think it comes down to that pack is all about the Tony Stark head. I wouldn't mind having a Black Widow, but you know, for all intents and purposes, we already got her in the Avengers line, so not a huge deal, but we've never got Tony's head in any form in three and three quarter inch. So yeah, I jumped on that eBay listing and bought a couple of them for free shipping and they showed up and they're sitting on my customizing desk where I'm sure they'll sit for a while until I get super bored and find a lot of extra time to do some really detailed painting. I think this is a great option, though, because the sets are gone from eBay. I bought during the glut for once I got the cheapest price going and they are gone when they show up again. They're well over $100 again. And so if this guy relists, definitely check him out. We're going to have a link to his eBay feed from our homepage, he charges $6 for these heads with free shipping. His user ID is Joe Kabofi, J-O-K-A-B-O-F-E. And he's sold out of these for now, but definitely somebody worth watching to maybe be able to finally get yourself an unmasked Tony Stark. Because that's all it is, is an Iron Man 2 Iron Man with a new head popped on. Exactly. And just keep in mind, you're going to have to completely paint this thing if you do go this route. Because the one he shows online are kind of skin colored what i got are actually cast in kind of a gray plastic so i don't know maybe some of you'll get skin color plastic and not have to paint that much but either way you're going to want to have to paint the whole thing well i have a habit of checking for new toys every single store i go to because it's just so ingrained in me in case i find something bizarre i was at walgreens of all places where you know i guess if you feel like paying 12.99 for an action figure you can they didn't have anything at all in any line whatsoever, but I walked through their seasonal aisle on the way up to the front, and they had a big Iron Man 3 display out. And it happened to be Husband Appreciation Day. Which is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Every day is Husband Appreciation Day. Exactly. And I had a grumpy husband that day. So, hmm, Husband Appreciation Day, grumpy husband, and Iron Man 3 stuff? All right, he gets one of everything. <laughs> <laughs> they had some really cool stuff. One, they had one of those big giant plushies again, which I had to buy because, well, Iron Man plushies are cool. It's funny, though, because he has a light spot around the top head seam, so it's like he has a slight balding pattern. Well, he does a little, yes. <laughs> when reach mark 42, you do look as good you will not. <laughs> <laughs> and then I bought him a folder because Comic-Con's coming up and we're starting to get stuff that you have to print out, which pain in the butt, but hey, you got to do it. So he's got some a nice little school folder to put his Comic-Con stuff in. But the most amazing things I bought him were the tumblers. They had Iron Man 3 tumblers. They had a clear one and they had a red one. Now, they're not just any tumbler. They had a button on the bottom that has lights that shine in your drink. It is so freaking cool. <laughs> The white one is actually truly awesome. It's like a disco in your cup. <laughs> it is. It's. I have one sitting next to my bed. That's what I drink out of my water at night. And I've got the red one, and it's turned off 
at night, turn on the lights on the cup, turn off your ceiling light, boom, you got a disco in your room. <laughs> the red one, I think, mutes the colors of the art on it too much. It's a cool idea to have a light-up cup, but if you're painting a red and gold person on a red cup, you kind of just, it, the art doesn't pop the way it does on the bluish-gray one. Yeah. So there's no way these are dishwasher safe, though, right? Oh, no. They're hand wash only. I don't care, though. They're fun. <laughs> these would be really cool. No, I take it back. I was about to say these would be really cool for, like, a movie promo, but then you'd have a whole bunch of a-holes <laughs> drinking with light-up cups during a movie. So. <laughs> yes, that's what would happen exactly. <laughs> Online, a couple of things went up for pre-order. Hey, Justin, do you have the Hulk movie on Blu-ray? Nope. Well, you can again if you wanted. <laughs> it came out when the movie was new, and then it came out again in the Avengers set. Now, Universal is doing this really weird steelbook promotion. Now, it makes sense. They're taking both their Hulk movies, the original Ang Lee Hulk and the Ed Norton Incredible Hulk, and releasing them in steelbooks that have this comic book style art. So I know a lot of people collect steelbooks. Amazon has these for pre-order for $13 a movie, which is a great price for a steelbook. The colors are a little washed out because it's steelbook, but that makes sense for these movies. And a couple others they're doing, Hellboy 2 and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yeah, I mean, that's just a great price for a Blu-ray, never mind the steelbook. But then I don't understand why they're doing the exact same template with the comic art. For Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Paul, Pitch Black, The Mummy, Van Helsing, Serenity. <laughs> yeah, that's that gets a little weird. It's lazy. <laughs> People like comic books. We'll tell them Shaun of the Dead's a comic book movie and they'll buy it. <laughs> you should own that movie already. It's just damn good. Yes, it is. Paul has a scene at San Diego Comic-Con. Well, kind of. They're outside the San Diego Convention Center. They say it's San Diego yes, Comic-Con. But when they're inside, it does not look like the San Diego Convention Center. No, they're in, they're in San Diego Comic-Con like circa 1983, perhaps. Like when it was still in like a basement. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then also online, we didn't get this in for our last recording Behind the scenes, like I said in the last show, it takes a couple days to do the show and enhance it and edit it. So when on Tuesday night, out of nowhere, the Hot Toys Red Snapper went up for pre-order, we did not have time to get that in the show. The Red Snapper. <laughs> now, that one is a power pose, right? It is a power pose, but what I said on the last show was my hope is it can do at least one cool action pose and then do a neutral pose and wish granted. Nice. I think that's necessary on any of these other armors that are never going to be made in a highly articulated version. Its neutral pose still seems to have its arms kind of out to the side a little bit, but because it's these giant pylon arms, that is the neutral pose they used in all of the pre-release materials, so... To me, that is pretty neutral. You know, here's here's an opportunity for Hasbro to make a figure with some big, huge, useless, well, actually useful accessory this time, and they missed the opportunity. Yeah. For once, a movie thing with a huge thing that looks ridiculous <laughs> to snap onto the arms. <laughs> They're not there to do it. I will say I'm glad they did power pose on this one because apparently this armor is quite a bit bigger than your standard Iron Man because this one is 34 centimeters tall. Speak English. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, about 13 and a half inches. 
Uh-huh. So that's an inch and a half or so above your normal hot toy. And so if they'd done this without being a power pose, it would easily have been probably around 350 or so. And I think that this $100 difference makes all the difference because this Red Snapper at 254 for an almost 14-inch figure that comes with a bunch of accessories, including, movie spoiler alert, a Tony Stark head. So I guess he actually wears this at some point. Hmm. Probably when he's lobster fishing. <laughs> but I, of course, pre-ordered it because that's what I do. <laughs> but I still knew, I knew that last Friday that movie masterpiece Iron Man would be available. I had been stalking their site after we recorded and I was wondering, do I eBay it for 600 or so? They put up on their site after we recorded that you could sign up for email alerts. I did, but I knew that when I was at C2E2 with my phone having no signal, that's when the alert would come. And I had arranged with you, Justin, to be my proxy on that. Yeah, I was waiting for the call. It never came, so I'm assuming all things went through normally. Well, what happened was we got back to our room at the end of C2E2 around 7 o'clock at night. I collapsed into a chair exhausted. Not that C2E2 killed me on Friday, but we got in at 2 a.m. Friday morning. Yeah, we had like four hours of sleep. So I collapsed into my chair, and I'm like, let me just look at my email, click, snore, click. (gasps) It went up for sale eight hours ago. (laughs) I'm typing furiously, please don't be in stock. Please don't be in stock. Well, the last movie promo hot toy sold out in a couple of days. This one sold out faster. It was sold out by the next day. Yeah, those went pretty fast. And they're still over 600 on eBay. I really thought that the flippers would have driven the prices down a little bit, but there's not that many on eBay. My save search is still running so that I can check on the just availability and keep an eye on the market price. And there, what fewer out there are being listed at 600. And people who get pre-orders in guaranteed usually put it up on eBay as a guaranteed pre-order right away. So I hope that our listeners subscribe to the Marvelicious Toys Sales to Astonish newsletter. You can sign up from our homepage because I did, even though it was a couple hours after, get that email out in time for several listeners to get that. I know they posted on Facebook that they did, and I'm usually within 20, 30 minutes. Most of the time you'll get our email before you get sideshows. Yeah, truly. You're, you're on top of it most of the time. I honestly have it set up that anytime the sideshow updates when I'm looking for it, it sends a text message to my phone so that I can get it posted. But in C2E2, my phone didn't get the text. (laughs) But that said, I kind of have a minor gripe. They have already now announced another new hot toy, a war machine. Not an Iron Patriot, but in the regular Mark II war machine armor. Kind of had to see that coming, though, right? I did, and it's going to be a die cast. I'm not complaining. It's just there's that one. And then on Monday on Facebook, they teased coming soon and had this picture of what's obviously another Iron Man. I'm guessing, pure guess, that it's going to be the Deep Space Armor. That's what I was thinking, too. That's what it looks like to me, just because it's all kind of blurred out and black and white and hard to tell what exactly. I mean, you're obviously looking at Iron Man something. But it, it's got some of the features that make it seem like it's that deep space armor. Yeah, I'm thinking that they're hiding it back because it might be a major movie spoiler. But I know 
I know, I know, I said on the show that I wanted Hot Toys to make all 42 armors. I still do. But do they have to do them all in one week? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the movie's coming out soon. It's already out in Europe. They've got to hit while the iron's hot. Hey, these are flex pay. The Red Snapper is shipping in December, which means April. And the movie promo is shipping in July, which means Halloween. But yeah, I'm kind of hoping once the movie comes out, they'll lighten up and maybe go to a slower release schedule. I still want them to do it. But all of these pre-orders all at once, I just hope that the release dates are staggered enough that it's not all of a sudden we get close to their release and boom, $1,000 a month to sideshow on FlexPay. Well, at some point, they've got to start talking about Thor 2 stuff, and then they're going to start talking about Captain America 2 stuff, and then Avengers 2 stuff. I mean... They could direct deposit my paycheck just right to Sideshow. My personal belief is we won't see this with anyone else, because if you look at the Avengers right now, on Sideshow's site, you want Captain America in his rescue version from the first Avenger in stock ready to ship. Phil Coulson, still available for pre-order. Sure. I'm not saying that all those movies are going to have the same amount of characters coming out, but at some point they're going to have to start switching over to other properties. Here's the thing, though. Captain America's outfit, well, I love because I love the retro things from the 40s. It's just not near as cool as armor. This is armor. And I'm sorry, Steve Rogers, he got nothing on Tony Stark. Every man wants to be Tony Stark and every girl wants to be with Tony Stark. Yeah, I got to say that I think that, A, yes, I do want to be Tony Stark, but B... So there we go. Perfect. <laughs> but I think none sell like Iron Man sells. And it's the armor. I'm telling you, the armor is hot. People love that. It does things. It moves. It's shiny. Whereas Captain America is a guy in a red, white, and blue outfit. And I'm not dissing him at all because I do love Captain America. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with that at all. But this this movie with all these different marks is definitely going to test the elasticity of that idea. At some point, there might be a little bit of armor fatigue, just like with Star Wars, where you get like clone fatigue, where it's like, okay, that's enough. I don't need another green clone. I'm not there yet. No, I'm not there yet, but I'm not at Iron Man fatigue because I do have those two Geekbox Hall of Armors plus the seven piece Hall of Armor coming. God help me if Hot Toys makes that giant Hall of Armor that's going to hold all 42 marks because that would probably cost as much as my car. It's just a shed that they drop off at your property. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we have a river. Maybe the boat can just come here. (laughs) But I think that I just I just would like to still be able to pay my electric bill. That's all. (laughs) It's it's testing even my limits if they keep getting me. You know, it's like Iron Mike Tyson. He could take a hit, but enough hits and he falls. (laughs) I'm starting to feel a little staggered. I'm like in round nine. Coach is like, you can do it, Arnie. You can keep up with the Iron Man. I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm bleeding over my eye. I can't see. (laughs) Haven't even seen the movie yet. It could suck. I'm not sure. Just want to go the distance. (laughs) Yeah, I think there probably will be some slowdown, and I doubt that we'll see all 42. I think from the early promos and the things we've seen that have leaked out, There's probably a handful, eight to ten new armors that we're going to see, and the other ones might just be spoken of but never shown. Yeah. Hey, as long as they can keep them at the cheaper power pose, especially if they're not all big, because the original power pose Iron Man Mark 42 was well under 200. If they can do some of those, that would make me a much, much 
happier husband because husband appreciation day is one day and they didn't all come up for pre-order that one day <laughs> it would be nice as of like the mark 10 through 35 are all the exact same armor just with a different shape arc reactor <laughs> snap on pieces yeah you can have a star or a, a trident or starfish or pentagon somewhere there's a hulkbuster oh yeah and Iron Man 3 is out next week. We are going to all be seeing that. I have our tickets for tomorrow night, 9 o'clock. Very nice. Yeah, I'm still holding out hope that I can get into the IMAX showing around here. If not, I'll be going to my regular digital theater. But either way, I'm seeing it. We're seeing it in a regular theater Thursday at 9 and then IMAX on free comic book day, Sunday, May the 4th. Nice. That might be the way to go. Skip opening night at IMAX, because that's going to be crazy. Give it a few days to chill out. There is an exclusive poster if you go opening night at IMAX. So are you going to order it on eBay, is what you're saying? Stuart, my co-host at Now Playing, is going opening night at IMAX and getting me a poster. There we go. (laughs) So he's already bought his IMAX ticket and called it a day. I am bummed because we aren't getting the marathon here. I blame the contract dispute between AMC theaters and Disney. Yeah, they kind of dropped that on theater owners, and that's kind of a kind of a lame move, I would say. But when we come back next Wednesday, we will have our thoughts on Iron Man. And be sure to head to NowPlayingPodcast.com on Tuesday, where you can hear Jacob Stewart and I give an in-depth blow-by-blow review of Iron Man to append to our Avengers series. And you can keep going back to NowPlayingPodcast.com. It's not Marvel, but we're also doing a Superman retrospective with every Superman movie ever, including Steel and Supergirl and Superman and the Mole Men. Wow, that's that's dedication right there. <laughs> I think I would have bowed out around Superman 4. Um, How about 3? <laughs> 3 had Richard Pryor. Yes, it did. He's normally funny. Don't die on me, Wonder Wheel. (laughs) Yes, Superman 3 is no the toy. I will say that. Richard Pryor does not wear a Spider-Man onesie in Superman 3. (laughs) He should have, though. Could have helped. (laughs) And don't forget, keep your voicemails coming. We are going to spend next week talking about Iron Man 3, but... We still are planning our big look at statues from Bowen, Sideshow, Kotobukiya, and such. So leave us a voicemail. Send an MP3 to show at MarveliciousToys.com or leave a voicemail at 803-MARVEL-4. And we don't normally respond to emails on the show. We respond by email, but being an audio format, that's why we usually ask for voicemails. But this one was really interesting, and I think it'll be of interest to our listeners. He says he's a longtime fan of the show from the Philippines who collects Marvel Universe figures, and he enjoys the show, and he finds it amusing that Arnie can't seem to stop himself from buying more Marvel stuff. Well, that happens. (laughs) And he had some questions. Is there anything that you will not buy, Arnie? No, no. Yes, yes. I don't buy the regular Funko bobbleheads. I think I'm doing much better about staying away from junk like the wrist-snapping bracelet in movies that don't have Scarlett Johansson in them. (laughs) Is that the criteria? (laughs) Well, you should see my We Bought a Zoo collection. (laughs) Yeah, that is pretty bad. She starred in Hitchcock. I bought the Blu-ray box set. 
well, no, in seriousness, I do break down and buy some things I perhaps shouldn't, like the Power Pose Mark 42, but I also am being much better because of the next question you have, which is, and where do you store all of your Marvel stuff? We are actually, one of the things we did at C2E2 right after is go to Ikea, and another store very Ikea-like, only much nicer, called Danya, and load up on display furniture. And if you follow Marvelicious Toys on Facebook and Twitter, you can follow along from home as I build my Marvel display, which is going to encompass about four rooms of our house. It's growing. Up to the sky. Used to be one room. You know, dear, he's got a point. (laughs) It was one tiny room. Yeah, now it's our guest room. Ah, guest schmests. You're going to have collection more often than you're going to have guests. <laughs> exactly. And then he also wants to talk about one of his projects. He's a hobbyist toy designer, and he's working on a demonic-looking Harley for figures that need a ride to hell, which is a wonderful copyright-skirting way of saying perhaps something that Ghost Rider might ride. <laughs> Yeah, this is very cool. The customizer in me looks at this kind of stuff and get a little jealous because it looks like they have access to like some 3D modeling and 3D printer technology that I think is going to revolutionize the way people customize and even make action figures in the future. So it looks like these guys already have a jump on it and are understanding how to get around copyrights and do things in, in the right way without getting in trouble by the, the big corporations who own names to things. Yeah, we're going to link to his Facebook page where he's keeping people apprised with his progress. I've liked the page and really do like the page. And he's asking, should this bike be in a three inch or six inch scale? If he means, you know, to three and three quarter inch figures, for me, that would be my vote because they did the uh, cycle for Ghost Rider in the Marvel Legends Rider series for Toy Biz. So there is something there, whereas my three and three quarter inch Ghost Rider, he's tired of walking and hitching a ride. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be my vote as well. You know, I talked about it a while back where I found some of those Harley bikes that they have at Walmart. And my Ghost Rider's sitting on one of those now, but it's not nearly as pimped out as what these guys are putting together. So that is it from us for this week. We hope you all enjoy Iron Man 3, or even if you don't, or if you do, come to our Facebook page and Twitter. There's links from our homepage, MarveliciousToys.com, and tell us what you thought. We're going to keep mum until our show next week. Mum. See, I'm not saying a word. But we'll discuss Iron Man 3 and more on the next Marvelicious Toys. Excellent. Thank you for listening to this episode of Marvelicious Toys. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help our show by leaving a positive review for the show on iTunes. There's even more Marvelicious content at our website, MarveliciousToys.com. At the site, you can see pictures of the products we discussed, find checklists for Marvel toys, talk and trade with the Marvelicious forums, and much more. It's all at MarveliciousToys.com. We want to hear your thoughts on Marvel collectibles. You can leave reports of your latest toy finds as well as product reviews on our voicemail at 803-MARVEL-4 or email an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at MarveliciousToys.com. Marvelicious Toys is produced and edited by Arnie Carvalho. Marvelicious website design by Jason. Graphic design by Justin. Website photo editing by Jen and Jeff. 
podcast enhancement by Andrew, Shane, Daryl, and Barrett. Announcements by Brock. The Marvelicious theme song, Bam Pow Kablam, is composed by Joe Harrison. See more of Joe's work at www.starwarsfanworks.com slash lionsmouth. If you also like Star Wars, Star Wars Collecting is covered weekly at our other podcast, Star Wars Action News, which you can find at SWActionNews.com. Marvel Comics and all that the Marvel Multiverse contains are the intellectual property of Marvel Entertainment Incorporated, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, and no infringement is intended. Marvelicious Toys is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2013, all rights reserved. And no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. So Marjorie, would you like to start us off? Yep. Am I just saying... Normal intro, and then we'll just... uh... You and I and Justin can banter for about 60 seconds about C2E2 and segue into our report. Okay. I like how I've now given us instruction to banter. (laughs) (laughs) Light banter. Keep it light. (laughs) Let's try to remain friendly. None of this Matt Lauer, Ann Curry type tension anymore. (laughs) There. Fixed it. Marjorie, are you trying to get me fired behind the scenes? Is that what Arnie's getting at? (laughs) We need someone who's more sympathetic, Justin. <laughs> People just, they can't connect with you. You just don't have those, you're not sympathetic enough. <laughs> I'll get a haircut. <laughs> I'm totally reading that book, too, because I'm sure it's salacious. <laughs> what the f***? <laughs> I just think it's funny that he, he's, he's from your country and you can't say his last name. R- Ramos? Ramos? Ramos. I want my bird. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh my god. My highlight con of the sketch. My highlight con of the sketch. <laughs> We saw Linda Hamilton at Denny's eating pancakes at Wizard World, so. I can't. <laughs> Were they hot, buttery pancakes? Lots of dripping syrup? <laughs> Warm <laughs> Warm, sticky syrup. To hear more of Sarah Talk Breakfast Food, dial 1-900-PANCAKE. <laughs> Children, ask your parents before calling. Oh, my God. <laughs> Moist, buttery, hot. <laughs> I can't. Please tell me you're going to cut this out. <laughs> Warm, moist, buttery, dripping, sticky pancakes. Would you and the pancakes like to be alone? I know Ernie would like to be alone with the pancake. (laughs) Warm, succulent. (laughs) Buttery, dripping. Oh, I. We didn't leave that mess. Oh, God. 
for a good time. Call 1 900 Arnie. <laughs> I'm gonna have to listen to this one. <laughs> to this camera. Do you know how to zoom it? I don't. I know how to zoom it. <laughs> My mutant power is poor things, okay? <laughs> I wonder if he likes pancakes. That is a really good head sculpt. <laughs> that one wasn't my fault. Not my fault. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, now that I'll have them in my hot little hand, I'll be able to make a few little cigars for us. <laughs> <laughs> so much innuendo. You guys are funnier when I'm tired. <laughs> We've never got Tony's head in any form in three and three quarter inch. So you want three and three quarters inches of Tony's head? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's enough. <laughs> A few weeks ago on Husband Appreciation. Can, can we uh, segue? I was going to. Oh. Yeah, because we're just talking about repro heads. So if you can go to, you know. How am I going to get Walgreens out of that? Or Iron Man? You could say, well, I didn't find any figures in stores, but. I think what you said. Oh, I, was, I was on mute. I had a good segue for you. I oh, said, well. speaking of little heads, husband appreciation. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's not liking that. <laughs> okay. Maybe don't use that one. Okay. I'm thinking. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, here we go. Preparing the segue. I'm going. Here we go. Segue in three, two. And you also found a nice three-ring binder folder, which is perfect because I said we need a folder for our Comic-Con papers. We got our Comic-Con. Except I just talked about that. <laughs> he was basking in the appreciation of being a husband. Yes, he was. Because <laughs> I did just talk about it, didn't I, Justin? Yes, you did. All right. <gasps> Wait. Do you know what this means? Arnie f***ed <laughs> up. Hey, are you guys going to talk about the folder? It came out when it came out, and then it came out. Well, I'm sorry, but every time you say Red Snapper, it makes me think of Weird Al Yankovic. I know. <laughs> I, I can hardly ever say it without going, Red Snapper! Makes me think of the old George Carlin bit. 
but we won't go into this, but this is somewhat of a family show. <laughs> okay, you just keep on believing that, Justin. 